This episode is brought to you by GBN University, powered by Golf Business Network. GBNU is where PGA professionals come to improve their skills, build their careers, and increase their impact. Go to golfbusinessnetwork.com slash GBNUniversity for more info. This is the Getting Better Now podcast, and I'm your host, Dean Campbell. The last time we heard from Craig Can on the Getting Better Now podcast, he was giving a keynote, or as he tells us, he doesn't do keynotes, he does experiences, at the Golf Business Network annual members meeting in late January 2020. So much has changed since we sat there, not knowing what we were about to endure, but one thing that's consistent is Craig's message. Communication mattered then, and it matters just as much, if not more, now. If you don't know, Craig was one of the original anchors on the Golf Channel and spent nearly 20 years as a staple on the channel's golf coverage. Following the Golf Channel, he served the LPGA as their chief communications officer, where he took part in a resurgence of the tour's visibility and success. He now leads his own company, Can Advisory Group, where he coaches business leaders to clarify and amplify their message. In this episode, we get to dive deeper in a one-on-one conversation into the importance of personal branding for your career, why knowing your story is critical, and what questions to ask yourself to understand your message and what you have to offer. All of this and a whole lot more are detailed in Craig's award-winning book, Can You Get Our Attention?, and I encourage you to pick up a copy. Here it is, my conversation with Craig Can. I hope you enjoy it. Craig, in your experience, in your different roles that you've been in, you've been around a lot of successful people, whether that was being as a reporter and being around successful golf professionals and then transitioning to an executive role and being around successful people at the LPGA and now in your role at Can Advisories with a lot of successful executives uh, in their corporate roles. Mm -hmm. What do you see now taking a step back and looking at a lot of the successful people that you've been around? What do you see as commonalities um, between all those people? If you, if you could pinpoint a couple commonalities. Well, I I think there's some things uh, first of all, that uh, everybody needs to think more about and that's who they are and why they matter. I think um, people need to understand what their story is. Um, We're only as good as the story we're able to tell. Nobody knows our story like we do. And whether you're a PGA professional or whether you're uh, a corporate executive or a company, a a corporation, um, you need to know what that story is. And so as I travel talking to corporations and I've got my workshop with, you know, 20 or so people in it each and every time. Those people need to understand, and this is this is a fun process, really, that they matter and who they are and what they've done, the experiences they've had, the things that they can tie together are what connects them with their audience. And the audience is going to buy the person first before they buy the corporation or before they, before they buy the product. And so we've got to get people to understand the value in their own story. And, and that could be 
you know, a PGA professional that needs to know the value in their story before they truly connect with somebody that they're giving a lesson to or somebody in the shop or somebody at the club as to why they have value. Why do I want to join that club? Why, why do I want to have a lesson from them? All right. That's really important to have that connection. And, um, and then also not just knowing the story, but being able to deliver that story because, um, a lot of people don't feel real comfortable sharing about themselves. They don't feel comfortable talking about uh, why perhaps the PGA of America matters and what that platform can do for other people and all the merits of that. All right. So, so we're connecting the story of the person, the individual first, but we've also got to know the story of the organization. And so if I bring that back to the corporations and the people that I talk with in my workshops, um, I buy the person first, then I'll buy the corporation. But what I find is many of the people that work for any Fortune 500 company or any organization don't necessarily know the story of their own organization to be able to pitch it, to be able to tell it, to, to be able to connect with other people. And they forget that they're not the only corporation out there in their space. They've got competition. So you've got to be able to find your differentiators. You've got to be able to put it out there. That's what I find people are lacking, the ability to storytell and know the value in that and the ability to know the story of the organization they're with. And I think it's really important, probably more so today. There are not a lot of companies um, or sections in the VGA or whatever that have a marketing budget of, you know, a million dollars, five million dollars, whatever it is. So word of mouth marketing, communication, that stuff is huge, more so today than probably ever before so then we need to know our story and and we need to be great communicators then is what you're telling us these days it helps right? <laughs> right so let's start with this word communication it's a pretty broad term uh -huh. right uh -huh. when you're talking about being say a pga professional needs to be a better communicator or a great communicator being a great communicator can help you uh -huh. what do we mean by that well, there's a few different areas today of being a great communicator. Um, Warren Buffett says that uh, if you want to raise your economic value by up to 50%, focus your efforts on one skill, and that's communication or public speaking. Uh, a lot of people are fearful of public speaking. They, they don't feel comfortable there. Uh, I like to work with people. I've got some upcoming you know, one-on-ones and one-on-threes and, and things where I get to help people get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's really important. And I'll tell them, you know, look, I, I don't um, I don't profess to be able to tell you that I'm going to make you the best public speaker out there or the best communicator out there, but I'm going to help you. You spend a day and a half with me in my one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I'm going to make you your best communicator and your best public speaker because I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to figure out where your strengths are. I'm going to learn your story, help you learn your own story. And then how do we dynamically uh, deliver that? So when it comes to communication, uh, to me, more important than ever, I talked to a lot of CEOs during the pandemic and asked them what some of their biggest challenges are. And uh, by and large, a lot of them in this little, you know, kind of informal survey that I did, they said they're worried about communication, internal and external, because a lot of their employees are siloed. Okay. Things weren't the way they normally were. So how do we get better at communication? To me, there's three avenues of communication today that are really important. And without going super long into each and every one, I'll just say yeah. number one um, is in-person communication. 
In other words, standing in front of a, a group, owning a room, whatever that might be. All right. So we need to get better at public speaking. Now, many people think public speaking is standing behind a podium and sharing all of, of, of the information, but that's not necessarily true. It could be running a board meeting. It could be running a staff meeting. Um, it could be being at a cocktail party. And how do you communicate your message in that regard? Okay. So that's one that's in person. The next one is virtual. All right. And that's more important today than ever. Um, I will tell you that in my business, in consulting with, with organizations, in doing webinars with people, and I've pivoted and I do a lot of webinars. Yes, I do my in-person keynotes and speeches in front of large groups. And I love that. Believe me, no, nobody loves a big audience more than me. But it's not the size of the room that matters. It's the size of the message and what you're able to deliver. And we have to learn to win the web. Okay. So what we're doing right now, I don't do sales calls anymore without asking, can we do it on a virtual? Can we do it on a web call? And for that reason, I'm, I'm actually public speaking with you right now. You're public speaking with me right now. How do we present ourselves? What do we present? How do we sell it? How do we say it? All of those things. And it's not just what you say. It's how you make people feel. So this little camera here is more important than ever before. And I've got to know that audience. So virtual, winning the web, very important today more so than ever, because a lot of people aren't going to spend the money to do face-to-face -face in person, flying somewhere and all of that. And then lastly is, is written communication. And um, I think emails are big and that's fine. Uh, but a lot of people write super long emails. They, they just do. They don't have messages that are sticky that we remember. They start typing out this email and they forget that the subject line is, is something that's very important and has to get my attention first to make sure that I open that. And then it needs to be no more than three paragraphs, four at the absolute max. If you want to do more than that, start a blog, write a book, whatever. You've <laughs> got to be able to get your message across. So, um, you know, just in recapping, you got in-person communication. And then you've got um, your communication virtually, having staff meetings, whatever it might be, one-on-ones. And then you've got your written communication. And that could be also the follow-up, the follow-up to you know a staff meeting. What are you going to send out after? But I always begin, always in communication, with the end goal in mind. For example, you wanted to chat with me here in this, uh, in this little formal podcast. Okay, that's fine. What do I want to get out of it? What are my messages? What do I want people to say, this being you, when you're done after you talk to me? What do I want you to do, in my hopes, after you talk to me? What do I want your audience to think about what I have to say? What do I want them to share with other people about what I say? Like communication, this is important. Communication is the link between ideas, what you say, what I say, what we sell, all of that, our philosophies. The link between ideas and action. We want people to take action. There's no way you're doing this podcast just to throw it out there and then hope nothing happens from it. Okay? So very important when we're talking about communication. And I don't know that people go in with an effective strategy and thinking about the value and the importance of connection, uh, smiles over sales, and uh, connection over information. So I've heard you give that quote before, that communication is a link between ideas and action. I was going to ask you to talk a little bit more about that because it, it didn't click with me. But now, now I understand that if we go into every communication opportunity or every communication engagement, which there mm -hmm. are however many hundreds per day, right, with right. the idea of 
or the question of what action do I need after this communication? Or what action do I need with um, at the conclusion of this communication? Or what am I trying to get yeah. out of this communication? Sure. We're going to be much better communicators, or at least right. we're going to be on the right path mm-hmm. to be better communicators. So a lot of times as a, as a call professional, we're up in front of groups all the time uh, at our clubs, whether it's before the, the Saturday morning shotgun, um, but more, um, I would say that's where pretty, we get pretty good at that. We do that stuff a lot. Sure. It might be a little yeah, bit yeah, tougher. Yeah, that's your comfort zone. Right. might be a little bit tougher if our club president says, we want you to come into the next board meeting and give a presentation to us on the state of the golf operation at okay. XYZ mm-hmm. Club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just learned that we should go in there with understanding what actions we want at the end of this uh, at the end of this presentation. But what are some tips that we can go into? Maybe it's just the ins and outs of how we're putting together a presentation mm-hmm. in in, mm-hmm. in this format that could help us succeed in a situation like that. Okay, so when you're having a meeting with somebody or um, talking with a PGA professional, number one, you want them to take some action that will help themselves. If they help themselves based upon your information that you give them, who does that promote? Ultimately, it promotes you because they're going to give you credit for helping them to do right. something. That, that's, that's very important. You want to help them help themselves. Secondly, you're not doing that. You're not having that meeting just for them. You're doing it to build your own brand, build your own reputation out in the marketplace. Okay. And uh, so one of the challenges that, that I put in front of people is to consider themselves a brand, which many times they don't, and think about the impact that they can truly make, the influence that they can have, and what they can get people to say about what they do. It's really important what you do. It's more important how you do what you do and how you make people feel based upon what you do. Because if you give me an emotional connection to you, your odds of me sharing it with somebody else are far better. If there's no emotional connection, odds are I'm not going to do anything. So when I give a talk um, or I get ready for a workshop, I think at the very beginning about when they're gone. And that seems a little bit weird. For example, let's say I'm delivering a keynote to uh, you know the Illinois section. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want a standing ovation at the end. Correct. I mean, you would. Yeah. How do I get that? Well, I've got to know my audience. I've got to understand their needs. I've got to think about them sitting out there in their seats, thinking to themselves, all right, I've been here. um, So what? Who cares? What's really in this for me? They don't want to be lectured to. They want to be talked with. They want to be valued. I need to understand their value. And I I always try to do research on my audience. I think that's really important. Um, And then I need to give them messages. Now, you and I have talked about this before. There are a lot of people that talk. There are very few that actually have something to say. And most importantly, my job is to make people remember what they're supposed to remember. Because if you leave this webinar, this this, podcast that we have right now, and you don't remember some of my main points, and I've failed. I haven't been a good communicator. So my job is to make you walk away and go, and somebody says, hey, who did you talk to today? And you say, I talked to Craig. Oh, what'd you guys talk about? If you can't repeat that, 
and you can't remember some of the things that I that I have failed as a communicator. So oftentimes people in a virtual meeting like this, or they get up on a stage, they, they talk without purpose. They haven't thought about what their message is. They fill time. And I look at every audience member, whether I can truly see them or not in a virtual meeting like this or in person as a trophy. And I am trying to win them. I'm trying to win their hearts. I'm trying to win their heads. And I'm trying to make it about them. Everything that I do has to be about my audience. Now, my message is going to be my message. Let's, let's build a bigger brand for yourself. Let's think about the importance and the value today of finding a way to stand out. Let's, um, let's figure out how we can be the best at presenting the best of ourselves because that's how we make people remember us. And we got to figure out what our differentiators are. How many PGA professionals are there? You all have talked about that number for years. It's upwards closing on 30,000. Okay, fine. That's fantastic. But ultimately, each one of those numbers, 28,000, whatever the official number is, they care about themselves, their career, where they're going. How do we help them build that brand? That's got to be the goal. If you're listening to this, you're probably interested in your development as a PGA professional. After all, who wouldn't want to improve on the job so they can earn more money and increase their value? That's why Golf Business Network just launched GBN University. It's our new professional development platform where we'll be rolling out courses, webinars, podcasts, videos, masterminds, and more, all to help you improve your skills, build your career, and increase your impact. In fact, we just announced our first two opportunities for 2022. Our first is the Career Accelerator Coaching Program. The Career Accelerator is a six-week live virtual training where assistant professionals or anyone looking to advance their career will come to walk through a research-backed process to set themselves up to land the job of their dreams. You also get to join four private mastermind classes with industry leaders and network and share ideas on our private Slack channel for all the participants in the class. And for head professionals out there looking to bring more value and mentorship to their team, this program is the perfect way to show your team that you care about their development and that you want to see them succeed. Speaking of head professionals, how many of you out there feel like you're drowning in a never-ending cascade of emails, texts, to-dos, and responsibilities? If you're like most golf professionals, you feel like the only way you can provide great service is by being available 24-7. What if there was a way to build a system that helped you handle everything coming at you so you could lower your stress and get back to loving what you do? The Work Smarter Time Management Training from GBNU will walk you through creating a system that works for you and your priorities. It's not just about time management. It's about priority management and working on the right things at the right time so you can make the biggest impact and succeed at work and at home. Go to golfbusinessnetwork.com slash GBN University for more info. Well, you've, you've mentioned brand a few times already, and I think that's something that, you know, I've certainly learned that from you about how to, you know, the importance of building a brand, but a lot of people still don't understand it. You know, if we're going to be the chief marketing officers of ourselves, why do I need to worry about that? You know, if I, as, as a PJ professional, I'm, I'm an assistant pro at mm -hmm. ABC Country Club down the street, giving lessons, running some events. Yeah. Why do I need to worry about building my brand? 
You want to make a paycheck or you want to make a difference? That's the first question I'd ask you. Mm -hmm. um, where do you want to be in five years? Do you want to be folding shirts or do you want to be sitting on an industry panel representing your section? Do you want to be talked about as somebody that should run for secretary so you can ultimately become president? If none of those things apply to you and you want to just kind of ride it out and give lessons and do that, okay, that's fine. I, I have no issue with that. I'm not even suggesting for a second that that wouldn't be a successful career because there's a lot of people that give lessons and make incredible impacts through their influence at every club that they, they are a member at, right? Or that they work for. That's awesome. And you can get your brand out there and let people know, I got to get a lesson from so-and-so. That's really important. Okay, love it. But if, if you're waiting for people to come to the T or to come sign up, to me, you're not doing your job. You need to put yourself out there. Now, people say, oh, my gosh, come on, Craig. I, I don't want to brag about myself. I don't want to talk about you know the merits of me. Okay, that's fine. The more you share, the bigger your brand becomes. The less you share, the more anonymous you're going to remain. That's fine. But then don't expect your rates for instruction to go up. Don't expect your T-sheet to be full on certain days of the week. I mean, you want to create a line of people that are waiting and say, you know, I'm booked. I've only got a couple of times. You want to be able to make a difference when you stand up at a member guest as the head professional or somebody at, at your club and be somebody that owns the room and owns the membership, you know, that they feel connected to. So you asked me why build a brand. I'd say because a lot of other people are doing it. So if you don't want to go there, then just don't complain about what the PGA of America might not be doing for you, why the golf industry isn't elevating you and all of that. You got to put in the work. It's no different than anything else. And what I find just, just in my history, I've spoken to many sections, is that some people are a little bit down in the dumps. They understand that the golf industry is going great, you know, but where do I fit in? What do I want to do? I want to have a bigger leadership role. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, you're running as an entrepreneur now. Okay, well, my challenge to each and every person would be, do they wake up with an entrepreneurial mindset and say, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm going to push my ideas out there. I'm going to actually, you know, build a social media platform. I'm going to not be afraid to fail. All those things, like that stuff is big, you know? And so if we fast forward to the PGA show 2027, do you mm -hmm. want to be sitting in a chair wearing a lanyard that just says you registered and take notes? Or do you want to be on the industry panel on the main stage representing the industry and be the go-to? Somebody that everybody says, mm, I want to be like Dean. I want to be like, you know, so-and-so. That's all I would ask. Right. But what about, so when I think of PGA professionals and building brands, there are some, some men and women out there that have done it, um, that have done it really well. They're now bigger mm -hmm. brands. Take a guy like Michael Breed, right? So I'm an mm -hmm. assistant, sure. I'm an assistant pro, you know, sitting in my club and I see Michael Breed now who's got his radio show and he's all over social media and he's, he's taking himself to this level. How do I, how do I even get started when I'm seeing people that have, that are already at this level that seem to, you know, make me feel like, well, how can I even get to that? Yeah. I've got a friend named Mike Mooney and Mike runs his own business, does very similar things to what I do. He's in Charlotte. He's a member of Can Advisory Group and we work together. Okay. 
And uh, so this is his line, not mine. And he, mm -hmm. he wrote a book just as I did, but his is called Reputation Shift, right? So think about that. He's a former NASCAR guy, and he, he talks about the importance of reputation and building that. And what he says all the time is, hey, and I'll ask you the question, when's the best time to plant a tree, Dean? When, when is the best time to plant a tree? I guess today. Okay. Right? 30 years ago. Right. All right. When's the second best time to plant a tree? That's today. today. Right. There you go. So for the answer to your question, what I would say is, how do you get to be Michael Breed? All right. Okay. I've talked to a lot of people that want to have that. You can sit around and talk about whether you want to have it. Maybe it didn't start five years ago or 10 years ago, but social media has never been bigger. Average person has, what, seven platforms or something like that now that they use, that they, they put stuff out on. Pick the ones that work for you and go for it and, and fail a little bit and find out what works and what doesn't. But I'll tell you, if you're shooting videos, you better do it differently than somebody else. You better get mm -hmm. my attention. You better be able to, you know, make me see something there that's a little different than the next guy to tell me how not to hit a slice. Everybody does that. When I do my workshops, I want people to come up to me at the end and say, man, I've never been in something like that before. Perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking to do. I don't want to have it be like everybody else's. No, not even close. So that that's my answer to that. Yeah, and I think that is such a challenge, though, to stand out, though, in a, you know, talk about 20,000 PGA professionals. A lot of us are pretty similar. We work at similar types of facilities. Now, this isn't a, you know, indictment on diversity in the golf industry. We're, we're working on that. But, you know, there are a lot of similar people in the industry. We all wear our Peter Millar, you know, quarter zips, and, and, and we all kind of look the same. So, so if, how do I go about thinking about, standing out when I'm when I'm trying to build my brand what questions should I be asking myself who am I what do I do why do I do it why do I want to do it differently what will I do to do it differently in other words what are my differentiators and what's my ultimate message you know it can't just be about giving a lesson it's got to be about some sort of connection that gets that person to come back. You know, I tell this story about Little League, um, and it applies to everything. To me in life, I used to coach it when my kid was, you know, 10, 11, 12, my daughter softball as well. And um, and I juggled that in with, with my role at Golf Channel and coached on Saturdays or whenever our games were. I loved it. Loved it. And each year when I had another team, um, I would sit the players down with the parents and we would have a conversation. And I said, what would define a successful season for us this year? And you'd get kids that raise their hand and they would say, if we win the district title, if I make the all-star team, if we're playing for the championship, if we get a trophy. And so I'd listen to all these answers. And I would say at the end, those are all great, but they're all wrong. We have a successful season if each and every one of you is back here playing next season. And our job as, I'm not a PGA professional, okay, but our job as a PGA professional, in my mind, would be to make a connection, a legitimate connection with somebody that makes them eager to come back. Now, if I do it really well, hopefully they'll bring somebody else or connect me with somebody else. And I think that's really important to 
to try to understand that it's not just another hour. It's not just another rate, if you will, of however much money you make. It's about people. And um, it's about retaining people in the game, not just recruiting people to the game. The value that a PGA professional has is far greater than many of them believe, in my mind, based upon what I hear. And I, I just, you know, you bring up Michael Breed. He's, he's a dear friend of mine. We're both on SiriusXM. We work together at the Golf Channel. We call mm -hmm. each other and all that. I, I usually don't get a word in edgewise when I talk to Michael. And uh, <laughs> that, does, that's right? saying something, you know, for me. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, he's not afraid, man. And some people think, oh, my gosh, he's over the top. He's, you know, loud and he's this and he's that. Well, guess what? You're talking about him, aren't you? You know about him, don't you? And I think that that's really important. He's figured out what his niche is and, and he's done it well. And his passion is never debatable. His passion is never debatable. And he cares about people. And to me, that's, yeah. that's good. And, and he gets a bad rap, like, as you point out, but it's a bad rap from time to time from other PGA professionals, or maybe somebody doesn't appreciate his style or they're not, they're not into it. But I, I have so much respect for what he's created through his vision, his hard work, and just being committed to this over the year when he was a head professional and flying down to golf channel to do the show, to do the show and then flying mm -hmm. back home all those years. And now creating what he's, he's creating a, created a great situation for himself through that commitment. Standing in front of people, which he got the opportunity to do is your opportunity. Okay. That that's the opportunity standing out when you do, that's what becomes your brand. So I just want you to think about that for a second. Um, standing in front of an audience, having an audience, that's your opportunity. Doing something positive with it, standing out when you do. And I talk a lot about standing out when you stand up. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what becomes your brand. And your brand, uh, Dean, is not necessarily what happens here in this conversation that we have, or you being in a room with people. Your brand begins when you walk out the door. I was uh, recently in uh, Tennessee speaking to a, an organization there uh, as their keynote speaker, kicking off their entire conference. And I, I like doing the kickoff, you know, to a conference because I can get people, you know, wound up, riled up. And I like doing the closing keynote as well to send them off with something so they don't just have a bunch of notes and they do nothing with it. All right. Um, it's important when you have that audience to, to actually try to be in their shoes and put yourself there to get them excited about what you're doing. And, um, you know, look, some people, you, you talk about Michael gets a bad rap here or there. Okay, maybe, maybe. I'm sure I get a bad rap somewhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe you get a bad rap somewhere. Mm -hmm. Not one of us is perfect, but we're all sitting there trying to find our way, I would hope, to make a difference, to try to do something impactful. If we treat people the right way along the way, great. The PGA professional, if they want to climb that ladder, it's not just about booking lessons. It's not just more revenue inside that shop. It's making connections with people who are tied to their own corporate industries, right? Through your membership that might go, you know what? I need to pull him here to do this. I need to pull her here to do this. Um, I, look, I uh, one of my favorite things to do, honestly, is is yes, I love keynote speaking in front of 
500, 800 people, whatever the number is. Uh, but I like going to clubs around the country and doing member guest talks, you know, going up and just mm -hmm. having a cocktail hour. I can talk about golf, my time in the golf channel, why I went to the LPGA, uh, the merits of of the players and, and the great things they did for five years and how we were able to achieve what we were able to achieve there, uh, putting the women's game on a different platform. Um, my role on a committee for the Rio Olympic Games and getting golf back to the Olympics. Like I can tell stories for a long time. I really enjoy that. Um, and I, I like connecting with people. That's, that's my biggest thing. You and I have talked about this. You know, you, uh, this goes back to a question you asked earlier about how do we stand out or how do we even begin to know? All right. Well, the first thing that I would do, and I've done this with you as well. You know this already. Um, what word defines you? If somebody says, who are you? Can you answer that question? And when somebody asks me, I say, I'm an elevator. And they say, an elevator? Like, you know, up and down and all that stuff? I go, now let me explain. I'm an elevator. I elevate people to become better. I elevate brands to become bigger. And if you bring me in and I, I speak in front of an audience or host something or MC something, I'm going to elevate the event to become grander. Now, I don't do talks. I don't. Now, people say, wait, hold on a second. You say you do keynotes. Yeah, I don't really do keynotes. I deliver an experience. I have a message. I get people thinking. I get people engaged. It's interactive. Um, my, my goal is to keep people on the edge of their seats where they don't know what's coming next. But I want their minds to spin. And I want them to be a different person when they walk out the door than when they walked in the door. And to me, that's what everybody should strive to do. Can they have an impact on somebody from the time that they sit with them to the time that they leave to, to give them some reason to go talk about the time they spent with me? If that happens, then I've been successful. Is everybody able to do this at any point in their career? Or is it possible that if I'm a 24-year-old assistant pro and I'm, I'm two years out of college, right. maybe I don't know what my, my word that defines me yet. Or maybe have I lived yeah. enough experience to, to start building that? Yeah, that's a great that question. Brand. I would say um, that if I, if I go back to the planting a tree thing that would apply there, you know, start, start young. Um, I would also say, and this is really important, you know, like I wanted to be a broadcaster, a sportscaster from the time I was eight years old. And, um, you know, that it's, it's in my book. And I, I tell that story to a lot of people. I'm a rare bird in that, in that regard. I, I set a goal for myself when I was very young. That was what I was passionate about. When I went to my high school reunion, people still talk about, man, you, you used to talk about this all the time and now you were, you were able to do it. Okay. Um, that, that's all, that's all great. Um, I think when you're younger, you need to add to your toolbox constantly, put yourself in situations that are stretch opportunities. By that, I mean something that puts you outside of your comfort zone. Our greatest successes don't come from inside our comfort zone. They come from when we're uncomfortable. Somebody says, you can't do that, or here's a challenge. Good luck to you on this. And you end up succeeding. You're more proud of that than you are of anything that you knew you could do. Okay. I didn't know I could be the chief communications officer of a professional sports league. I'm not saying I was the best at it. I'm not saying I'm, I was great at it or anything like that. But I learned a lot along the way. And I knew what I knew. And I knew what my strengths were media relations, um, being able to communicate messages, figuring out what messages are, being able to brand, being able to connect with people, 
being able to energize. Um, I called myself a passion promoter. It's what I tried to do for the LPGA. Now that might be different than somebody else who comes in with all these different strategies and, and spreadsheets or whatever they want to do for communications. And I, I do it a, a different way. So you need to build that skill set before you have a 911 call at age 45 or something where you say, I don't know what I want to do next. And you've been a one trick pony your whole life. And all you've done is this. I'm a PJ pro. So, you know, you didn't ask me this question, but one of the questions I get quite a bit is why did I leave television? And one of the reasons I left is because um, I got the opportunity to be in the C-suite at a professional sports league as a as an executive and a chief communications officer. And there's no way, um, I believe, Dean, that you're, you're reaching out to me to go, you know, I'm just going to have Craig Can on because he was on the golf channel. And I didn't want to just be the golf channel guy. I wanted to be able to do other things and I wanted to test myself and try to grow and, and all of that. You know, sometimes you get um, off the track. Sometimes you, you need to learn to keep the main thing, the main thing, all that sort of stuff. But um, that's what I would advise people to do. Spread your wings early. Take chances, take risks, take opportunities. Don't chase money when you're young. Chase opportunity. Chase money later. Chase opportunity early because at the end of the day, when when maybe you're furloughed or something happens at your club and you're left on the sideline and you're looking for your next thing and you don't know where to go, what are you going to lean back on? What are those experiences? And a lot of people, Dean, they don't write, they don't keep a chart of, you know, okay, I was at this job for three years. What did I learn from it? What was my greatest success? Where were some failures? What did I learn about me? Who influenced me? How did I influence others? And then what's the next building block? Where, where I was at the next place? So that ultimately you have this snapshot kind of of your career and you're able to lean on that and share with other people. There are a lot of PGA professionals that let's, let's say head professionals, director of golf. They had a similar dream that you did uh, as a as a young kid, they love golf and they, maybe they're around a club and they said, you know what, I want to be a head pro at a, at a nice club one day, or I want to be a director of golf. I want to, I want to be, I want to be just like that pro that, that mm -hmm. I just took a lesson from. I want to be mm -hmm. like him one day. And we work hard and strive through these different jobs and work our way up the ladder and you get to that position. And maybe I'm speaking from experience now, but you, <laughs> you get to that position and and things are great, but eventually you find yourself feeling like there's there's might be time for for something else, or there might be something else out there for you. But as I transitioned into this new role, I talked to a lot of friends who basically were telling me they felt stuck in 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 that same position, and maybe they're forty five, approaching fifty, and saying, "And this is all I've ever done, and this is all for a long time. This is all I ever wanted to do." Just mm -hmm. like Craig, who just wanted to be. Yeah. you know, a sports broadcaster. You made that transition. Is it as simple as saying, hey, get out there and spread your wings and, and try something that's uncomfortable in order to try to help? How many hours a week are there in a normal work week? What do people talk about? How many hours? 40. 40. All right. All right. So let's say we add five and we go, I'm going to work 45 hours this week, 40 for my employer and five for me. And what am I doing with that five hours? Am I taking a class online? Am I reading a book? Am I networking? What am I doing? Am I uh, writing down my goals? Am I writing down the building blocks that I talked about? We have to invest the time in ourselves. You know, if, if you are going through life and you go through struggles, we all go through struggles. You probably hear people say, you know, it's time I, I 
do some self-care. I'm going to take about, take some time to work on myself. Um, and we get so, and, and this is a good thing, loyal to our employers. Um, that's, that's a good thing. But we forget where we are. We feel lost. We feel stuck. Where am I going? What am I doing? And I'm not telling people to, to consider jumping ship. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm saying find a way to get better. And if you're in an organization, in this case, the PGA, how can I be in my section of, we'll call it, uh, you know, 1,500 professionals, whatever that number is, Yeah. how can I separate myself from the others? What can I do differently? What leadership roles can I take on? Can I be the one who's at the Rotary Club, you know, every uh, three months? Can I build a program on my um, uh, through PowerPoint that I can deliver? Can I go give a speech? Can I travel? Can I put myself out there? Can I work with a marketing company that, you know, helps me build something that I can share with other people? Look, it's as you'll get as much out of it as you put into it. It's no different than anything else in life. I, if I'm honest, I get really frustrated with with some PGA professionals mm -hmm. because I hear them complain or I hear them wish for more, and I I see how they carry themselves and I see how um, how how they seem content, but they also want more. If that makes sense, they, they, their lot in life is, you know what? Yeah, I'm a PJ professional, but I'm just not getting what I need. Okay, well, what are you doing about it? Like, how many broadcasters are there out there? I got to find a way to be different. I got to find a way to do something else. And um, I'm very fortunate. I'm blessed. There's no question that some, some really cool opportunities have come my way. Opportunities are fine. They, they don't necessarily fall out of the sky. You work to make some of those happen for yourself through connections and, and through the other things that we do. So, um, you know, to me, it wasn't just about trying to get to the network. It was about networking. So if I ever wanted to leave the network, I had some other, other game plan. I couldn't agree with you more about the need to get out there and try to do something differently. As, as I said, I talk to a lot of PGA professionals all the time. Some not feeling great about the job that they, they may feel stuck in. Mm -hmm. I was the least comfortable person putting myself out there trying to do a podcast or starting to, you know, write articles and post them on LinkedIn or just start a conversation mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That was not anything that I felt comfortable doing at all. For mm -hmm. some reason, I felt compelled to do it and eventually got over, you know, most of that, that fear of doing it. And you know, for somebody that was looking to maybe do something differently, I wouldn't have had that opportunity had I not done that, to your point. Well, you, you were also probably fearful of what other people would say about you doing it. Well, who's like, Dean? What, why, what makes him worthy? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Why, why should I care to read what he has? Okay. Right. Well, hey, have you written down what those great experiences are? Um, you're the common man's pro. Great. What can I learn from what you've done? If I am, go back to the 24-year-old person. I know you're not 24. Neither am I. How do we help them? You know, what am I? I'm getting off track here, but um, this week was my opportunity uh, to work at Full Sail University at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. I'm one of their uh, guest faculty members. I do it once a month, and I go in there, and I, I talk to the classes of aspiring sportscasters. I keep it real. You know, I don't you know, rip them or critique them harshly, try to find their strengths because they're trying to find their way. 
And, um, you know, you asked earlier about taking time and how long does it take? And what do you do if you're 24? And can, can you just go out there at age, age 24 and, and really do something? Our, our job is to try to find our voice. And um, it takes time. You know, I mean, when I was a sportscaster working in Columbus, Georgia and Fort Myers, Florida, and then Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Michigan, before I ever went to the Golf Channel, all of those stops along the way allowed me to kind of figure out who I was and what I did that was of value. And so when I got to the Golf Channel, I was still evolving, but I had the background. So for the professional, it might be the roles that they have within within a club leading up to, you know, the top role that they might have. Well, that's all great. We, we just have to get going. We, we have to start, you know, people that are in that PGM program. I love talking to them. You know, they walk into a room and they sit next to their buddies or, you know, their friends and they, they go all comfort zone and they don't realize those people next to them that they just walked in with are fighting for the same jobs at the, at the right. clubs around the country. And that, that's what it is. Um, so we, we've got to have that mindset that, um, I got to go to work. Period. Before I ever go to work, I got to go to work. Well, it probably takes having some self awareness though. When you when you're finding your voice though, you we don't want to come be a 24 year old life coach, right? And I think that's some of the I hear um, mm-hmm. people joke about that that there's you know 20 year old life coaches out there, but probably having a certain amount of humility and um, and showing curiosity as we're putting our voice out there, as we're building mm-hmm. our brand, maybe mm-hmm. as we you know before we've gained all these experiences that we can then share with everybody else so they can learn from us. I would think self-awareness is, is pretty important in that as, as we build that. Yeah, no question. It is no, no, no question. Um, it takes a lot of reflection, you know, I would, I would kind of, you know, among the things that I hope you'll take away from this is that, um, it's not up to somebody else to build our brand. Nobody has time to do that. It's not up to somebody else to be our chief communications officer or our chief marketing officer. Nobody has time for that. It's up to us to toot our own horn. Now, some people are uncomfortable with that. I don't mean you're bragging about yourself. Okay. So let's use you. Let's say you've been in the business and you've been giving lessons for a long time. Along along the way, do you have a survey sheet that you hand to some of your um, students that have, that have come with you? What will you tell others? about your experience with me? It's a very powerful question. It gives you a testimonial immediately. Mm -hmm. Not checking boxes. I did this, I did that. That doesn't do anything. What will you tell others about your experience with me? That helps you figure out what your brand is. If there's consistencies, that helps you understand where you can go, where you've made a difference, where where you can grow. And it gives you the testimonials to help share with other people. So what I want people to take away from from our little conversation here today is it's up to you. I'm not doing it for you. I'm sharing some things today. Hopefully it helps. You're sharing some things with people. Hopefully it helps. That's all great. That's all great. But if you don't want to put in the work, I would not want you coming up to me at the PGA show saying, you know what? I just don't like it. I don't like it. You know, if I was at the golf channel, I said, you know what? I don't like just the fact that I only get to anchor once a month. Well, what are you doing to make a difference when you're on the air? Are you making the people on the set better by being around you? Are you giving them the stage and not putting it all on yourself? If you don't toot your own horn, there's no noise. (laughs) Right? There just isn't. 
But I'm not saying tell everybody how great you are. Let the other people do it. Give the feedback that they share with you and promote that. I was really great to work. It was really great to work with, you know, Stephanie uh, this week uh, or over the last six months. And um, the fact that she said, quote, blah, 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 makes me, you know, super proud of what I do and, and what I represent. Well, she said it. You're just putting it out there. You're giving her some right. credit too, but it's building your brand. So get others to brag about you, then you don't have to brag about yourself. Correct. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. All right. We'll get you out of here with uh, one golf related question <laughs> for uh, your, your four major winners uh, for 2022. Oh it's a, it's a shot in the dark. That's <laughs> right. But, but who do you like this year? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't really put that much thought into it. Um, Patrick Cantlay, mm -hmm. who hasn't won one. John Rahm, who I think is too good not to win another one. Yep. Colin Morikawa, who I believe is plenty good to win a bunch. And I'm going to actually put a name out there. I would love to say Rory McIlroy. I really would. I yeah. really would. Um, but I'm going to say Jordan Spieth. And mm. I'm going to say that that might be one of the great comeback stories this year in golf. Yeah. A lot of people would love to see that. Those would be four pretty good major winners. I'm curious to see. I better write those down so I can remember <laughs> the next time somebody asks me. And I don't give four different names. Well, I'm curious to see with somebody like Morikawa, who's shown all the potential to, you know, get to number one and, and stay there for, for a while. Um, if he can, if he can do that, you know, or if, or if, if this is just a couple year, you know, hot run, cause that's, that's usually yeah. what we see now. Can't compare everybody to Tiger, but, uh, no. and his run, but yeah. can somebody get to that top spot and stay there for a considerable amount of time? That's do you think that's great? I don't know if that's great. I, I kind of like where we're at right now. I mean, look, I could have said Scotty Scheffler, right? But let's win one yeah. tournament first. The only thing of it is, is he's so talented, he could make that a major. No problem. Yeah. I mean, Bubba Watson could come back and have a great year this year and surprise us all and win a major. You don't think he's talented enough? Absolutely talented enough. Sure. That's the beauty and the charm of the game. That's what we, we love. Um, nobody would be happier if – if Rory McIlroy won a major this year, I hope it happens. You know, I'd like to see Ricky Fowler get his. Yeah. I've always been a fan of Ricky Fowler. Yeah, those would be some we'll great see. stories for 22. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, Craig, I can't thank you enough for your time. Hopefully our, our audience got a lot of value from this. There was a lot of great info that you gave us and hopefully gets everybody motivated to make it a great 2022 and beyond. So thanks very much for your time. No, my privilege. I appreciate being able to be, uh, to be on with you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Getting Better Now podcast. For more information, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com.